the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade, Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 119, and our guest for the second time is Corey Brannon. Y'all, Corey is one of my all-time favorite musicians. He is a singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist based in Memphis, whose career has meant so much to so many, including myself. His latest record is on a ton of of best of 2022 lists for very good reason. It's called When I Go, I Ghost, and I think it is the best thing he has done in his illustrious career. The record features some of his best writing. It also has special guests such as Garrison Starr, Jason Isbell, Brian Fallon, Eric Slick, and others. It is a very special piece of art, and I'm incredibly grateful to pick Corey's brain about how this wonderful album came together. We caught up at Little Indies here in Orlando, Florida, out back where we have recorded so many episodes ahead of his set at Will's Pub. Y'all, it is my great thrill to bring you my conversation with Corey Brandon. Dude, I'm so excited to talk to you. I love this record. I Thank love you. when I go a ghost. I'm so fired up. Thanks. I appreciate it. So, I, you know, it's funny, man. We were just kind of talking a bit of nostalgia just, just then. Um, I was doing the research for this, and it's really fun because, like, we're not too far away in age. And it kind of blew my mind to look back and think that the hell you say was 2002. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a piece. It's been 20 years, dude. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's, it's kind of wild to think, because, I mean, I've sort of grown into an adult on your music. And that's kind of a wild, it was a wild realization for me today. And so I wonder if, so if we could do, like, kind of go back through some of those records yeah, and periods, and then talk about the new one. I don't remember a lot of those periods, but yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. that's, that might be part of the conversation, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll happily confess up to whatever I remember. <laughs> Because I was, I was looking at it, I kind of grouped them. I was like, all right, so 2002 is The Hell You Say, and 2006 is 12 songs. Yeah, I don't even know. You know, because it was, it was always so confusing. Like, 
because the record came out locally in Memphis and then it came out nationally a year later, the first one. And so it was okay. that sort of staggered thing. Um, yeah, and then it took forever to get the second one out. But each of the records, you know, uh, I think I recorded the one that came out in 2006. I recorded it in 2005 and it just took yeah. a bit. You know, there's always some little, you know, thing. Yeah. Business. Business ain't fun. No, but what, like, at that time for whatever you remember of it. What was what was writing and what what was the process like for you at that time and is it was it different from how it is now? Um uh, no in a way I've I've had to re- learn how to do it after I had kids I had to learn how to do it differently because I never wrote on the road. Oh. And so that's the one big change. I've I've learned to write on the road in the past even just in the past 5 years. Um and I you know I wasn't doing that then. Um but yeah, I mean all the all those songs, that even from the second record, I wrote those, like, right away. Like, when I started writing, I didn't start writing until, you know, between 24 and 25 years old. And, and I wrote one, and then I wrote 40, you know? Wow. And it sort of, they, they all just sort of started coming. And so, and, you know, the songs just sort of stack up over the years. And occasionally I'll visit, I'll, I'll drag one out and dust it off. And I think that uh, that Mutt record that came out, like, 2012 i think it had a song from like the first batch of songs i ever wrote that uh dark on my door song you know uh occasionally i'll dig them up but usually i'm only interested in what the most recent stuff i've been writing you know yeah well all right so that that period goes it kind of it's kind of a burst but it seems like bursts are kind of how you still write too is that true um yeah yeah you know obviously with coven everything everything was uh yeah, there there is no normal anymore um, yeah, like yeah. for those couple of years I didn't write anything because I was busy like putting out you know I had to keep money coming in so I put out those five direct to fan records of like com- I took commissions and so I would cover anything anybody wanted and then put them on the cover records that went straight to fans No, and it'll never be on any digital thing or anywhere Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, I had to learn how to you know, mix and master and record at the house. And I had to learn how to fucking program drum machines and shit for all the, you know, program things that, you know, like strings and things for stuff that I didn't know how to play. Um, and so I kept myself busy with that. I, and it's something I avoided consciously for years because I'm, I tend to obsess. So I, I uh. it, all the time I spent in the studio before, I was like, I don't want to know what this stuff does because I want to know what it all does, you know. Yeah. Um, and then so I just, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to be off the road for who knows how long. i got to keep money coming in. So then I, I took the time and went down the rabbit hole and called all my engineer friends. I'm like, all right, learn me. Learn me good. And, uh, yeah, so I just obsessed about that for a while. And uh, But, yeah, the, the writing was off the table for those couple of years. Um, yeah, I'm sort of always writing, but I... You know, I it all goes in this sort of junkyard. Um, I never really sit down and say I'm going to write this song, you know, and I'll 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 just fiddle with a thing until it strikes me as something interesting, or I'll write through, you know, I'll write a crappy song just to get to the end of it and be <laughs> like, oh, this is an interesting idea I had right at the end, and I'll use that as a starting point, mm. you know. Um, you know, a lot of th- I don't sit and wait for inspiration, that kind of thing. You know, I just I just work. You know, yeah, it's, and I, I enjoy it. It's consistent. It's uh, a consistent joy in my life. The actual writing process. You know? Oh, I love that, man. Yeah. How about the the other stuff that you just mentioned? The you know, learning the engineering and all that kind of stuff. Like, do you, you 
you said you obsess about things. Do you enjoy that process too? Have you have you grown to appreciate that? I did actually more because this record, you know, it, this record went down smoother than anything else, uh, and it was a large part. I mean, it was Jeremy Ferguson that I was working with, the, you know, the producer and engineer. Um, but it was nice to instead of you know just being having you know musician adjectives adjectives like being like oh, I want this a little crunchier or a little more sparkly you know I could actually speak fucking frequencies you know <laughs> right, I, and right, I, right. I, I knew uh, a little more um, so but yeah for the most part I did I just still didn't try to be that guy you know as far as like let's uh, get in and change it you know. Um, because you're self-conscious about it, or no, just because wanna... he's so damn good. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, there's no, okay. no point in working with him, not letting him do his thing. Um, and he was he was really brave uh, as far as his things goes. I've never we would walk in off the floor, and it would sound mixed because he was making old school choices, like not not like we'll fix in the mix later. He was recording it and like you know hitting the preamp hard or you know where the mic's placed is a very specific sound he's going for and like he was just making choices on the fly that cannot be reversed and it was fucking cool nice. and you walk in and be like oh this sounds good already you know and so uh and so that was it was really easy it was great he he just he crushed it man i i i'd love to work with him again um and so with that sort of pressure off it was just really fun to make this record you know and especially after a couple years of like ready to get to it, get it fucking this. get this yeah. baby <laughs> yeah well, I definitely want to dive more into that. Um, but I was just also reflecting today, again, like that 20-year thing kind of blew my mind. And I was thinking about I was thinking about when I first saw you. I think I, we talked about this last time for folks who are listening. We got a bunch of new listeners in the years that have intervened since we last sat out here behind Little Indies and spoke. <laughs> but uh, when, right after Mutt came out was the first time I think I saw you with uh, John Snodgrass. Oh, yeah. And uh, John. Oh my God, he's just the best. He's been on the show twice. Great friend of the show. I just saw him a few nights ago on his birthday. He played a show with me before he went down to Fest. Oh, fun! He was in rare form. Oh my good, where was that? We were in Charlotte. I think. <laughs> That's dope, man. Oh, good. Rare form, man. That guy, he's so fucking funny. Yep. <clears throat> um. I gotta get to Fest at some point. So it's always the Florida Georgia weekend. It's always Florida Georgia, and Florida Georgia is a is a thing that I do, mm. even though I've gotten to the point where I don't want to go anymore. It's just like this tradition that I continue to do to go see people, and it's always the same weekend as Fest. So I always miss Fest because I'm at the Florida Georgia game. I've never done it. Yeah, I've never done Fest. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, 2012, Mutt comes out, and that and that record was kind of like, that was a time when I'm started i'm like in my 30s and sort of fi trying to figure out how to be an adult like i'm starting to get there you know um and it's a bad example because i think you know the one show i saw you play that one like we all got really drunk and and uh john brought out candlesticks to play the drums at, oh at Underbelly yeah. i vaguely remember this yeah <laughs> i vaguely remember that and and, uh your your finger started bleeding while you were playing guitar and it was just it was a great fucking night but that we, used to happen a lot yeah we just not partied. so much anymore um, but the, that time though was a very fruitful period for me and I, and I, and that record it has meant so much to me. And then it's interesting how I kind of, I sort of lumped those records together and, like Mutt, No Hit Wonder and Adios are kind of this five year period. Well, yeah. Those are all the Bloodshot records. Yeah. So that's why I got, they got to okay. come out, you know, I had a label that wanted, um, and I had it in the contract, you know, cause, cause it took so long between the first and second record to get that going. So I was like, okay, you got to 
put out a record every year and a half if I if I give it to you. Yeah. And so we did you know, records every like two years when I was on Bloodshot. But that record itself, Mutt, you know, I cut that before I got signed to them. You know, I had a someone funded that, and I went out to San Francisco and did it. Like I don't know, maybe 2010. You know, that record sat for a bit. Um, chopped it around and uh, and then Bloodshot bit and uh, yeah yeah we started 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 working with them for those three. What do you remember if if you were to think about like um, so for me as a fan that scene at Underbelly is a scene. There's a scene in my head where I saw you. I I saw you at Rain Dogs in Jacksonville and Five Points in uh, Christina's joint. Yeah. Yep. And you shared a little bit of um, another nightmare in America which had not been because that record wasn't out yet and you had you just talked to me we were sitting at the bar and you were telling me about it and shared some of the lyrics and talked to me about the song and I was just blown away by what you were saying and I was blown away by the finished product what kind of like if you were to think about that period of your career what are some sort of you know moments that stand out to you or things you remember that like you or memories you hold on to from that sort of that mid-period so to speak um today. well yeah i mean for me it's all they're very much linked with um my family you know i got married and i uh, you know i had a daughter from before my marriage and then i got married and then uh then we had a son and uh so a lot of that time from mutt to you know to adios was uh you know watching my kid grow and and and, and it, you know at first i was gone a lot you know um mm. especially around 2012 and stuff um, uh, boy wasn't born yet at that time, but um, yeah, you know, I did a lot of stuff in Europe, and 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 I, I toured a lot here. Uh, I'm always touring a lot, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I remember. I also remember losing my shit. You know, I mean, mm. like losing my fucking mind. Like I've brought lives into this world. I need to, yeah, be able to provide. And this, frankly, you know, this is a an unsustainable job. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and it gets less sustainable every day, but, um, it's, uh, yeah. So I, I remember onset of some, apparently I've had depression for a long time, but I, I got some new, new particular intense flavors of it. And, mm. uh, so yeah, it was, uh, um, a lot of highs and lows before so, uh, that stuff goes and a lot of, a lot of stress. Um, but the records making them they were all very different you know i'm uh, san francisco for, with mutt i was out there just fucking sleeping in the studio it was like chuck Proffitt's studio but i was working with tim mooney from american music club before mm -hmm. he passed and um musicians i didn't know um i sort of you know they got me the couple guys from granddaddy which is great and then we like audition drummers and i found a killer guy um but uh you know i was just fucking sleeping in the studio out there like i I spent a month just in the studio, um, not all the time working, but <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, uh, yeah. it was a uh, it was a process. And then uh, you know, no hit wonder I was back in Nashville, did it in Nashville uh, with an old buddy uh, um, that uh, produced it, uh, Paul Ebersol, a Memphis cat. And so I was home, you know, and I was there, and I got mm. to you know have Sadler come in, and I got to have like you know a bunch of Nashville folks come in, and. Uh, it was uh, it was easier, um, mm. and maybe reflected on the record. You know, I said it, it's the only record that I I wouldn't say compromise because I don't really I don't ever compromise the songs you know for anything. But it's the only record that I chose the batch of songs um, 
with the idea of, oh, well, I'm on Bloodshot. I'll give them a Bloodshot record. You know, I'm like, you know, it's like all my records are usually like an hour long. I'm like, I'll give them a 30 minute fucking, you know, sort of that between the arches, you know, between country and punk and whatever, you know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll do a fucking Roots record. I mean, you know, but somebody that's listening to Americana music might listen to it and be like, this is like fucking Frank Zappa record. It's all over the fucking place. But that to me is my idea of fucking straightening it out. Yeah. I straightened that record out. I tried to put it through the arches and then, you know, nothing really, uh, you know, monumental came from it. So I'm like, fuck it, go back to making the weird records that are all over the place. So like, I like to make. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, but that was a fun one to make. And then Audios were down in Mississippi. Times were weird there. Yeah. Like right before I went in to record it, I got uh, our landlord in Nashville tripled our rent, uh, (laughs) which I don't even think is legal. So all of a sudden (laughs) I'm down in Mississippi simultaneously trying to find us a place to fucking live. Damn. And so I'm like, and so, yeah, so that was fun. Uh, (laughs) but that was a great record too. My buddy, Robbie Crowell, uh, um, played all the drums, keys, and horns on that. And so it was a chance to do something I hadn't done, is work with one person that is uh, having... He was fully engaged, you know, and so, like, he, he knows when he's playing the drums where he's going to leave the pockets for the other stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the arrangements kind of happened... Uh, as natural as it can happen with essentially two people you know he uh, we obviously fleshed it out with other folks and uh, Haggerty was on bass and uh we got lots of guests like i have guests on all my records because i just i like i like having my friends on records i've got talented friends you know yeah yeah um but so yeah that was a whole different process down there and uh outside oxford mississippi i absolutely love the segue you just teed up for me about the getting you know going back to making weird records because this I, I i was thinking about it i've listened to when i go at ghost probably i don't know 10 or 12 times in the last three days and just really sitting with it and thinking about it and jotting down notes and it feels like a um like a milestone it feels like i mean i i think i've been a fan since just just about since your first record i mean not long after but to me this is the best thing you've made and thanks i think so too yeah i mean it, i sort of knew it when i was going down i could tell and um yeah i mean it, it's the closest i mean by far the closest i've ever gotten to the sounds that were in my head you know because i always hear these things um you know fleshed out i don't hear them as a town's fans aunt you know outside the trailer with the acoustic guitar kind of thing i, I just you know i like to make sure the songs hold up that's that's a damn good test for a song yeah it's like can i play it on a fucking ukulele and have it still be a song or some shit but uh i always hear them you know more fleshed out and arranged and uh yeah i it, it went down you know obviously it's exceeded uh the sounds in my head in lots of ways the, the musicians were fucking fantastic um eric slick on the kit was so good so good um but uh yeah it's uh if, I've always had that thing where I'm trying to do, because my live shows, you know, out of necessity, fiscal necessity, are fucking solo, you know. Yeah. And so, I, the whatever little name I have as a solo performer, I've, I've made it as that, you know, as far as the live show, and they're very wild. I never plan anything. I change things all the time. I stop on a dime and I'm loud, quiet, do the whole fucking thing. But um, 
you know, people, some people are like, why don't you record that? I'm like, cause you'd throw it out of your car. You know, you'd be like, why is this hillbilly whispering and then screaming at me? Why is he rushing and dragging the tempo? Because when you take it, when you take the temporal aspect of live music out of it, when the, you take the body out of it, uh, you know, it very much depends on the room. And, you know, it's, it's, it happens once and it never happens again, you know, and that's what to me is the beauty of live music. Yeah. Um, but, uh, if I recorded a solo record, I couldn't do what I do live because it, it just wouldn't translate. If you hear bootlegs of that shit, you're just like, hey, something's lost, you know. Um, but so I've always tried to find the way to do it with sonically, you know, to do the dynamic thing or to do the sort of jarring changes or the interesting sonic uh, mercurial thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and this record is... is, is uh, it's the closest I've come to striking that balance. Man, that's so great because it is like it, it, there's it's all it's kind of all over the place. I would, like in the best ways, you know, like that. There's so much going on. <laughs> yeah, I've always tried the the, the the formula I have for <laughs> my attempt to get it is to get overqualified, underprepared musicians. <laughs> don't don't give them the demos ahead of time. Interesting kind of thing, and you know, and so I mean, you, you, you give because my shit is a little snakier. It's deceptively simple. I got all kind of snaky shit going on in it, yeah. but um, but I I give it to them last minute, and and then then you listen to them. You know, yeah. There's, uh, there's, I, I have, I have. I'm not a drummer. I have rhythmic ideas of how these things should go, but it, my rhythmic ideas are not going to be anywhere near as good as Eric Slick's. Right, you know? right. And so it's like if I can, you throw some ideas at them, and then you hear what they're feeling, and it's like, okay, let's let's go here as a compromise, or let's absolutely take this song where this guy, where you feel is much smarter. This is better, and, you know. And you just yeah. have to stay loose and not. Um, I'm very, you know. There's not a syllable in any of my songs that's accidental. Um, mm, mm. I, I, those are mm. that's on purpose, and I try to balance that with a, f a freedom, with arrangements and um, and and sonic things. I try to and try to capture that sort of lightning in a bottle of when people first get together and and start doing these things, you know. Yeah. And uh, and to do that, to do it well on a record, almost in real time, you know, there's like no takes past three takes on any of my records. Um, it to do that is like you have to get fucking people you vibe with and and then um just just sick ass talent you know yeah and so i've been lucky enough to work with just some of the you know the best musicians i've i know so yeah. well yeah that was the question i was going to ask you is how you decide because you always do have the coolest guests and you got the best best folks around and i know that you're friends with a lot of these folks but still you're friends with a lot of really talented musicians so how you decide who's on the record does it when you hear that fully formed song do you hear Eric Slick on the drums, or like, you know what? what I, specifically uh, with the drums on this one, what I knew is I didn't want somebody that comes from a roots background. You know, I've got I know a bunch of killer drummers, um, and that I want to work with again someday. But Eric Eric comes from uh, you know a uh, you know pop in the best sense of the word pop pop in the sense of the kinks yeah. or yeah, you know yeah, 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 it's yeah. A, it's uh -huh. a, you know he, but he's he can do any of that stuff. And so his instincts are different than say somebody that comes from a singer songwriter world or a you know. Um, and so, uh, or a punk world, yeah, or, or a punk world, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the thing, you know. And I talked to Adam Willard's a buddy, speaking of punk world, and like, you know, I, I would love to work with him. And I had a couple songs on the record where I had him in mind, but I didn't want to bring him in just for that. And I was, and I was talking to him about playing on the whole thing, and he's like, he's like, man, he's like, 
He's like, I picked a lane a long time ago. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he was like trying to sell himself short. And I was like, man, there's, I mean, you could cover anything I wanted. But he was like, he's like, I, I do this thing, you know, very well. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And then he's, you know, he's right. It's like, it's, it's good to know that too. That's, so, um, that's some very good self-awareness. That's a very... <laughs> But I mean, like, he he picked that fucking lane and he blows down it like the Autobahn. He's so fucking good. <laughs> I do want to work with him someday. Yeah, yeah. We oh, that's do great. a full full blast in a record sometime. Hell yeah! No, that I, that's it's interesting too. As I as I listen to the record, like there are a couple of songs that I thought, like for example, um, I was listening to um, uh, what was I listening to when I leave here. Yeah, that and was I, the one of my head in mind for Adam. Uh, that's what I was just gonna say. Is like I could go for a whole that vibe Corey Brandon record, you know? Like yeah. I could really go. That shit would be that. It's something I would fire up. That was fun. But yeah, but, but you know, Eric was great on it. You know. <laughs> yeah. And and especially because I was that kind of riff or whatever, it's really easy to slip into cock rock, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we were trying to keep it firmly rooted in like late seventies sort of uh, uh-huh. Nazareth vibes. And uh-huh. I was like, I, I was like, pop that cowbell up in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Let's keep it in Nazareth territory. R.I.P. The singers died. I saw that the other day. Oh, bummer. Yeah, it seems like I saw something about that too. Or maybe maybe I saw you say something about it. I don't know. Um, so many standouts on this record, dude. I mean, like, I, I'm just really crazy about it. And it's just, um, again, my favorite thing you've done. And I'm a, I've been a fan for a long time. Uh, undeniable that when in Rome and in Memphis has, has struck a chord with people. Um, a lot of folks talking about it in my, you know, in my orbit on the interwebs. Um, can you talk a little bit about that particular song and, and like when it, when it came together in your head, what yeah. was going on? Yeah, sure. I mean, that was just a, uh, this little ditty I wrote. I was driving out through Jersey actually. And, uh, I'd played in Asbury Park and I wrote, I don't think I played the lanes. I can't remember where I was playing at the time, but I was just driving and, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, marriage has been that it was falling apart, and we hadn't got divorced yet, and stuff like that. But you know, I don't write really autobiographical shit, uh, mm-hmm. except for that look I lost. That one's pretty straight. Um, but that was sort of the impetus. You know, of somebody being like, um, uh, somebody sort of lying to themselves a little bit. You know, the mm-hmm. uh, you know, and tell you know, telling people that they're fine that kind of thing and yeah, it's like yeah. hey, I'm, I'm I'm fine I'm, I can be at home anywhere once it gets dark you know it doesn't matter to me where I am and that sort of thing but you know the whole the whole song is basically saying uh, it's all the same you know once it gets dark and that kind of thing but he's the, he's just dragging around her memory everywhere so it's like he's not he's not home he's not on his way home he's not away from something it's just this sort of Elena uh, a lot of the songs on the record this sort of um, purgatory this sort of in-between stasis and, mm. and, and, and restlessness and and, um, and so that's just sort of how the I ended up picking that batch out of you know a lot of songs I had I wrote like 50 that year and like I had a good year as far as that goes and uh, yeah so uh, those just sort of came together but that particular one um, you know it's just but it's it's simple it's like presented as a banger yeah you know? yeah but yeah. there's like any of the songs, you know, there's, I want things for people to come back to. And so if you actually listen to it, you know, a few times, you'll start to get like, oh, okay, there's a story and a character in here that's implied from this, you know, relatively simple little rocker, you know. Um, 
But I think that speaks also to the whole record. I think what you just said is 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 what my point is about listening to it so many times, not just because I was preparing for this interview, but also because there and this is true of your writing, I think in general, but especially on this record that these songs keep giving like there's more and more there's more to peel back yeah i've always liked records that do that uh, I, I i i toured i um i lean towards songwriters that do that um you know and i've talked about this before but you know like if you listen to like blood on the tracks with dylan before you know you know in your early 20s and then you listen to yeah. it you know post-divorce post you know yeah, some, yeah. you know some post some hard life you listen to it in your 30s. It's a different record. Guess what? It's a fucking different record at 47, too. It's yeah. like every, you know, it's, there's shit you don't unlock. You know, like you don't unlock these little Easter eggs and things that are in there because you just did not fucking have the experience. Yeah. And, you know, and with, I mean, the, the crazy thing about Dylan is he wrote some of this shit at 22, you know? It's insane. Um, but as, that's also the thing, you know, you have access to these truths from doing the work. Like, cause I don't have, I've said it before, but I don't have any fucking wisdom. I have nothing. No, I don't know shit. You know, I mean, I, I know how to pick out one dive motel over another dive motel. <laughs> I, know, I know what to look for. Um, but I don't have any fucking wisdom or any special experience in life. You know, it's just like everybody. It's all fucking piecemeal. And, you know, you call your choices what you fucking got. And you're like, I made those choices. And you look back and you're like, oh, no, actually, that was just a bunch of fucking circumstance. And stumbling into this and that yeah i want to challenge you you say that and but i like i remember the first time i heard you saying you know ain't been transcendent bunch of nothing i've been down in it like i i, I remember hearing those lyrics and being like i don't know man you said a lot of shit on these on these other records that, that kind of blew my fucking mind well that's <laughs> yeah know? but that's the thing is i never i don't have these things to like that occur to me like oh this is you know wisdom or something i need to write this down like this what ha what happens is i i work and i i i i, I just sort of follow these things and I play with these words and these structures and things and I'll get through something and I'll be like oh that's true oh that's the truth you know and then or this rings true I'm like ah oh, this is true with this caveat I'm like, hey, uh -huh. I gotta make sure I got these caveats in it and then so then I find this balance and usually I find that sort of dialectic in a song um, sort of arguing with itself to, to, to come across a truth you know um, and, and, and by truth, I don't mean a fucking answer. I mean, just a, like a better question. Sure, you know? yeah. You know, um, yeah. Because that's all, you know, I have the better questions for yeah. myself, you know. And um, little fucking post-it notes to yeah. God. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and so the, the process, you come, you, you come along these things, and you're like, oh. And it's almost like somebody else wrote it. You're like, oh, that's true. That's cool. You know, yeah. you're like, I can do this. Oh, I can improve on this, you know. Um, and so it just comes out through the process. I never sit down and be like, oh, I'm going to write um, well, the line that the line that always struck me true, whatever. And it's just a simple little thing from that Lily song, whatever. Is, uh, the best trick is to see the magic once you've seen the wires, whatever, you know. And yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it could be yeah. a little pithy or whatever. Oh, but that's, uh, that's a great line. But yeah, but there's something in that. And it's, um, and that, that just, I mean, those, you just have to get down in it. And do the do the work for those. To, you just got to fucking dig for that shit. Yeah. And then you have to know what to do with it when you find it. You know, you can't be like, oh, I'm gonna put a cubic zirconia in every line. You know, you're like, I got a fucking rare gem here. I'm gonna find a good setting for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to to make this thing fucking really shine or to hit a certain facet of it. You have to um, 
yeah, you just gotta you gotta pick the right setting and, and the way to, the angle to tell the song because it's all been said and done, you know. But but if you found an, a fresh way in, yeah, yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Like I, at that very point, I was thinking about recently, and I I think I think I was, I think the moment was I was listening to to your record and uh, I was I was working out. I was down down. We have this little, beautiful little lake down by our house, and I jogged down, and then we got like it's a, it's a city park, and it's got pull-up bars and shit right so i was down there doing my workout listening to your record and i was thinking about the idea of because i just listened to brian koppelman talk about music on his podcast and i was i was thinking about the idea of like whether or not it's all been done and i just don't i i get i get that there's only a certain amount of uh, notes and there's only a certain amount of you know things are somewhat finite i guess but i just don't know that it has all been done and i think this is I, I, and I circled this around to, to compliment the way that you do what you do in that you, you, you don't fit anybody else's kind of mold. You don't, you, you, you could, could be pigeonholed into an Americana, whatever that means genre, but, but like listening to this record, especially, it feels like the most authentic version of you as I've, as I've experienced you that, could be made yeah it's a little it's a little closer to the bone um but again you know it's all distanced in stories you know um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah um there's you know when i say it's all been said and done i just mean you know the 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 experiences of life you know these things have all been said better by fucking shakespeare and by fucking Joni mitchell than i'm going to fucking get at um you know uh but Yes, there. But nobody's ever seen the world like I've seen it exactly. Yep. yep. And they never had my experiences. And so it's almost like a retranslation of. of uh, I mean, it's it's the the old thing about um, uh, originality, and and you know how it's it's sort of been sort of bastardized to mean different. You know, mm-hmm. oh, it's different than anything. But the the, the origins of that mean. The it, originality means tapping an origin, like a fucking mouth of the river. You know, you're tapping into an origin, and so it's, um, it may, you know, there's this universal thing you're tapping into. Mm. Doesn't mean different mm. for different sake. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I, you know, I just trust that it's going to get across from the microphone to to, to the, you know, or just out of my face into someone else's face. Yeah. Um, and translate and so I, you know i'm just retranslating for through my filters you know <laughs> through, yeah, my, through yeah. my guts what i've processed and I, I try to make sure i've chewed the shit up real well um and uh yeah i don't know but yeah it's all everything is all from what i've seen all creativity in general it's just um combining the separate elements um in a way to see the mundane in a fresh way yeah to see something new to yeah. just to, to see it you know like how like when i had kids like all of a sudden i'm like oh yeah this leaf is fucking fascinating you're right <laughs> no wonder you're spending fucking 20 minutes looking at this leaf look at this motherfucker yeah 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 you know yeah, yeah, and so yeah. how you're seeing through your kids eyes again when that happens that's at its best what a song can do for uh, it can put a you can hit a fresh facet of an old experience and yeah. be like oh shit yeah, yeah this is what this is tapping an origin or this is like this is a truth here yeah um, and and so 
the best songs do that for me, and I, I strive to have, uh, have that happen in my songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I can. Yeah, fuck yeah. Sometimes man. I'm just fucking shooting the shit. <laughs> Which is fine, too, and can be compelling as well. I want to make sure I'm honoring your time. I can't see shit in the dark. I don't know how we're doing on time. Uh, I don't know. I don't think she started yet. I was oh, yeah, she was starting about 10 minutes. Okay, cool. Um, you talked, there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you about, uh, like with, you, you mentioned um, the idea of like being in limbo, this sort of purgatory state. How do you navigate that? Like, what do you do? How comfortable are you in that state? And what do you do to navigate it? Uh, I'm terrible at it. I, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I you know. Relate. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I just had to just fucking start taking care of myself. I, you know, had to find the right cocktail of meds. Um, oh, right on. Yeah, and I'm a little more forthcoming about that now. I um, about the depression and stuff, and it fe- it features on the record. Yeah. With lots of caveats and jokes, you know. Right, right. Because I have to fucking <laughs> deal with this shit in real life, so it's yeah. like, you know, southern southern humor is very ha- comes in really handy. It, yeah, right Gallows on. Yeah. Humor. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, yeah, no, I don't do well with stasis, and my whole fucking career is nothing but stasis. You know, it's like I came mm. out of the gate, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And I had that, you know, good publicist, whatever, that took it under a wing, and she was like, yeah. So and I fucking played Letterman and all this shit right out of the gate and got all these, you know, but there was no tour. There was no label, per se. It was a one-man label. There was no there's no thing yeah. going on. And so it was just like a hurry-up-and-wait thing. And then it took me forever, you know, to get to be able to put out the next record and it, it just takes forever you know then I was without a label there's this all this hurry up and wait and you know meantime you know for me it's I see you know uh, buddies and stuff like that that careers just sort of blow by me you know like they, they, they have and they do you know and in general I find that someone who, who is a very defined thing um, when they do a thing you know uh, that's immediately graspable then it's you know uh, uh, their careers do better. People, yeah. you know, want to know what they're getting with the ice cream. You know, it needs it needs to have a label on it for a reason, because um, they don't just they don't just want to buy mystery ice cream. Yeah. But uh, I, I also, um, I'm a little too fucking willful because I get I get restless <laughs> with I'm restless with that. I'm restless yeah. with any sort of form of music that's, um, you know, I just gotta fucking pull my feet out before the concrete hardens you know yeah. i just feel like it's hardening all the time and i i and you know as you get older everything starts to the concrete starts to set man yeah and i i don't want it to ever set you know i want to be you know if i fucking get to kick it you know 30 more years which is very questionable i want to <laughs> be interested in something new uh, some new to me uh and just genuinely interested and passionate about something new that fucking last year before i kick it you know yeah. i want I you know it's everything else feels a little bit like um, it feels a little bit like death. It feels like giving up. Yeah. Um, and so my music is the only thing that I've ever sort of kept pure, um, and to me and authentic to me. In that I don't, I I don't actually, you know, feel like I. Uh, you know, I come from Mississippi. I was raised a certain way, you know, I, I, so I had these experiences or whatever, but I don't, I mean, I, I don't consider that. I don't feel like I, 
a lot of people will take where they're from and things like that and they'll they'll shore themselves up and their identity up from it and mm -hmm. i don't i don't have any interest in that i don't i could you know i could be from anywhere i like i just i i have interest in other people and and, and their experiences and things external to myself that 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 uh and i like to be able to change and and uh and shift and and, and just you know turn on a dime and and yeah. uh it i've seen where it's very detrimental to my career yeah um but i don't think it's detrimental to to my writing or to my uh anything i'm creating so uh i'm just gonna keep doing it like i'm doing it yeah oh man you are speaking my language <laughs> like that, i haven't i never heard it put that way the the concrete setting because i mean i i'll be 42 in december and I'm, dude, I'm wrestling with all those questions mm -hmm. about like, now my career, my, my day job career is much more stable. Like I'm in education. I say it's much more stable in Florida. It's not all that stable <laughs> right? at the moment. Yeah. Right. Um, but hey, I, two, two, two plus two ain't going to be two anymore. Man, we, can't, going, we can't do that because, uh, I heard a liberal say that that was, yeah, that was yeah. four. Yeah. It's going to make, it's going to make the white, white kids feel guilty. If yeah. They, yeah. Oh Lord. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. But if I need a job and a paycheck, it's it's steady. Yeah. It ain't a lot, but it's like yeah, I, no, I know no. what it is, and I know I'm gonna. I know that I can do it, and I can do it at a high level. Oh, I would have a much happier life if I had some sort of. Yeah. It makes a difference, but at the same time, I can relate to what you're saying about even though our careers are very different, I can I can relate to the idea of like. I feel like I got a lot of life left. You know, I've kept myself in really good shape. Um, most of the men in my family died really young, but my father's still hanging on, and he's almost 80. And I feel like I got, and he's lived like hell. My old man <laughs> kicked it at 56, so I'm just like, I'm, you know, I'm on. I feel like I'm like on borrowed time already. Well, but. I mean, I think I don't think my dad had any 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 expectation to, to make it past 56. You know, his dad died in his 40s, and his dad died in his 40s, and you know, like none of the, they all they all had heart attacks. Like, and my father did too. It's just modern medicine kept him going, um, and. But but I'm looking at him at that age and, and thinking a lot about my mortality, which is a constant obsession of mine, and just thinking about, like, that concrete, kind of trying to get my feet out of those concrete and figuring out what to do. So, man, I, I can completely relate to that. And I just don't know. Here's the challenge that I'm facing, and maybe you can relate to this, maybe not. But I, I don't see anybody... It's just no disrespect to anybody uh, in my life that's older than me, but I don't see, like, folks around my dad's age that have done it well in my mind in terms of, like, aging and continuing to grow. The best example I can think of, and this person's not in my life, but he was on my podcast, as John Doe said to me mm. on my podcast about a month, a couple months ago, he said, I see people around me and their, their worlds are contracting, like yeah. around his age, like their worlds contract. Mm -hmm. And he said, one of the things that I refuse to do, and you know, he's just full of life. Yeah. He's like, I refuse to let my world contract. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. That's, yeah. That's the, uh, that's the big boa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and it's uh, whatever you can do to fight it, man, even in little ways. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, I, I would like certain parts of my ass, my world to get smaller. You know, I would like to not be away from my kid bug and you know yeah uh, half of the year yeah um uh, but but yeah i uh i'm just i just get restless man mm -hmm. uh, yeah 
And so, uh, yeah, it's like... Like wander lustfully restless? No, or no. Um, intellectually restless? Intellectually restless, absolutely. And uh, also uh, just with, you know, uh, this fucking country, the, the, the fucking... Um, I get restless with just fucking chit-chat, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even though I extend politeness just it's, it's yeah, so yeah, so in yeah. me as a southerner i extend yeah, politeness yeah, yeah. to fucking asshats that should you know i that i shouldn't <laughs> yeah. you, you get you know you get like three strikes kind of thing yeah. and I, but i i'd probably be a little happier if i didn't suffer fools yeah. but uh i don't suffer There's from long yeah yeah um but yeah i get uh yeah i don't know man uh but this this sort of what music is for me or then this thing it's a it's separate it's a it's it's mm. um again it's not how I, I i don't identify it as you know, like a, a large part of myself it's something that i i love that's that i follow you know it's a it's part of my life that's that's kind of i've kept it pure and uh and it and it's uh i have to allow myself room to fucking move in it you know, um, yeah. I have to, uh, uh, you know, just not just sonically, but um, if I maybe I will write fucking more confessional albums sometime, or you know, but or maybe I'll just go fully, you know, obviously stories. So I, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna fucking put out a fucking instrumental record of electronic music. I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. But yeah, so I figured. As long as I don't waste people's time with the songs themselves, you know, like if, if you trust me with your three and a half minutes, I'll take you somewhere different mm. than where we started. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll go somewhere different. You know, it's yeah. like it's it. Th- there's a reason for this song to exist. I'm not going to fucking waste your time with it. Otherwise, you know, I love um, that. So, yeah, I mean, it's like and because people waste my time all the time, you know, yeah. <laughs> I turn it on the radio or something, this, that. And I'm like, I don't get those three minutes back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's the least you can do for people. Uh, <laughs> and so I think if I have any sort of uh, longevity to it, it's because people can can use these songs. They can they can um, hopefully uh, you know uh, store them away. Like well, it's Tom Waits said it sometime. He's like, you don't know how people are going to use these songs, so you better pack them with stuff like a, like a Swiss Army knife. He's like, you don't know what they're trying to open with that fucking corkscrew. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know. But uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, That's it, great. So yeah, you kind of want you want to make the songs uh, tactile and fucking useful. Oh, this is a Swiss Army knife of a record, dude. That's for sure. Mm. <laughs> That's great. That's so great. Yeah. No, yeah Tom he, Waits is is he? <laughs> he's uh, ultimately quotable. He's really good yeah. at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, let me check one more time on our time. All right, let me let you go here soon. I wish I could fucking see anything. There we go. Perfect. Okay, great. We're just at time. We always end on... This has been awesome, Corey. Thank you so much. Appreciate Thank you for you, being so Thanks open, dude. It's always a pleasure. Um, we always end on what you're getting down on, the art that has you inspired right now. Could be a three-and-a-half-minute song that didn't bore you or waste your time, or it could be a painting you've seen or something you're reading. Yeah, I just finished the new Cormac Carthy fucking like oh, 30 minutes ago. Yeah, that was good. It's uh, not a novel, per se. It was very... Uh, <laughs> it's really interesting. It's fucking loose, man. It's like got it's some uh, some gonzo shit back and forth between the uh, the narrators. That's gonna be nice. Um, All right. But it was uh, just always just masterful writing. Um, yeah. Let's see. Musically, I've you know I've, I've a lot. Of, I've been listening to a lot of 
I've been taking it easy lyrically as far as stuff. I've been listening to a lot of piano jazz that I like, you oh. know, from you know Oscar Peterson, Bill Evans, always, okay. always Art Tatum. Um, uh, but you know, uh, there's I, there's still like I, Ben from Lucero is putting out a, a a synth record that he did with his daughter. It's coming out really soon, and it's really good. I got to be in there. Uh, I, I went in to sing on the last Lucero, and uh, and uh, he was in there working on that at the same time with her and uh it's really fun that's yeah, so, cool so yeah i'll keep an ear out for that one yeah, hell yeah it's yeah. really good i've been popping that one on a couple of times on this drive um but yeah mostly i'm just fucking a lot of times i'll just i'm not looking to be inspired i'm looking to mm. fucking kill a seven hour drive with a fucking nordic noir i was just mm. i did this uh podcast with uh red miller the other day that off mm. off off wheels uh, my, my brain's not working wheels off wheels off thank right? you uh and he was really kind or whatever and then we, we got to talking so we've been texting back and forth about because he likes to he likes the nordic noirs and some of the detective stuff so we've been uh he's like have you read the slough house ones i'm like oh yeah i just devoured those so, uh, <laughs> but uh so yeah a lot of times i want just a certain level of engagement with the audiobooks yeah, yeah, you know yeah, <laughs> i don't yeah. i don't need uh I don't need to be, you know, have uh, any Proust on the road. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I can, I can relate. <laughs> I'm not on the road, but I can relate. It's like I go through these periods where I just need to devour everything that's going to challenge me as deeply as I can possibly be challenged. And then sometimes it's just like, man, give me fucking Game of Thrones. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. That's when I put on all my favorite, like, gore movies that I grew up with. Just the goriest fucking, you know. At the back of the, the uh, record or whatever with all the neon green is a nod to Reanimator. I don't know if you remember Reanimator. Uh, <laughs> What's that one? Right. It's super fucked up. <laughs> I, uh, well, as a kid growing up, like my parents, when you know they were pretty religious and stuff, um, yeah, yeah, they uh, they made a mistake and said okay to MTV when it came on, and that just you know, obviously changed my life. But my uh, yeah. my uh, also religious uncle and aunt, they owned a movie store. A rental place and so when i stayed with them they were like yeah get whatever you want i'm like yeah i want spit i spit on your grave i want the shining i want uh mother's day i want uh <laughs> you know like cannibal apocalypse whatever the hell you know i would yeah. just be grabbing these, these and so i was so obsessed with all that I had fangor descriptions so uh yeah i've got a whole that's my sort of go-to when i want something really dumb and fun i'll just watch all the all the gore movies that's great dude <laughs> man Thank you so much. This is a pleasure no as always, dude. I'm again when I go, I go. This is my favorite thing you've done, and I've been a fan of yours for damn near 20 years now. I, and it's just so exciting to get to talk to you, and I'm just super grateful. Thanks, Jesse. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Cheers, bro. When I go, I ghost. 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 When I go, I ghost.
when I go Corey I... Brandon, y'all. Thank you so much, Corey. Thank all of you for listening. CoreyBrandon.com for all things Corey, including physical copies of his incredible record, When I Go, I Ghost. The physical copies are beautiful, y'all. Artwork is wonderful. He also has some great bundles of merch for sale over there. So go to CoreyBrandon.com to scoop up a physical copy. The song you are hearing in this episode is When in Rome, When in Memphis, which is perhaps my favorite tune on When I Go, I Ghost. But that changes every time I listen to the album. And I just keep listening to the album. It really is that good. You heard us talk about that track during this conversation. Go get a copy, y'all. CoreyBrandon.com dot com marinadepodcast.com for all things the marinade and that'll include written pieces photography from myself if my wonderful collaborator and friend jen ross is not available when she is she's the pro and so she's the one doing all the work and i'm going to talk about a little bit more about that in a second we have an our online store there and we're working on new merch right now we don't have anything for you but stay tuned because we've got some new stuff going up very soon give us a follow on instagram and twitter we've really been trying to lean into instagram and twitter and sharing the more personal moments from the marinade and even from my life um, and so hop over there follow along with what's happening we'd really appreciate it we'd also really appreciate if you subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app if you tell a friend about the show those are all free ways that you can help the marinade and help support this thing that we're doing it feels like we're continuing to reach more folks and continuing to to, to share this beautiful art that we love and respect and so I'm super grateful for everybody who does all of those things to interact with the show. We even have a TikTok, y'all. I don't mess with it too much. But we do have a TikTok, and if you send us a message there or if you tag us there, we will see it and we will share it. Y'all, we have conversations with Hayes Carl coming up, Colin Halliburton, Langhorn Slim. Those are all in the can and ready to come your way. Thank you so much for supporting this marinade thing. I mentioned Jen Ross earlier. We had the most incredible weekend. I'm, I'm recording this on a Sunday, and we just got back last night from Orange Blossom Review, which is a festival in Lake Wales, Florida, the first week of December. I want to thank everybody involved with the festival for having us out for the second time. This year, we got to record with Langhorn Slim. We got to meet Allison Russell in person. I finally got to meet Allison in person. You may remember, if you've been following the show for a while, that I got to interview Allison serendipitously at the time that she happened to be learning of her three Grammy nominations last year. And so I hadn't actually seen her play and I had not met her in person, but I got a chance to see her and give her a hug. And it was so much fun. And then I got to see her play. And y'all, if Allison Russell gets anywhere near you and you can, you can fit, you can figure out how to pay for it. If you're struggling, I get it. If not, no excuses, go see her play y'all. I mean, unbelievable the performance i got to to meet joy clark who's a wonderful songwriter in her own right and who plays in her band and it's just a sweet sweet spirit i have more to say about this experience but i couldn't let this episode go by without sharing that incredible moment with y'all i share these kind of uh, more personal moments about the marinade and the behind the scene things over on patreon if you can swing it we'd really appreciate having you over there patreon is a place where you can support creative uh, endeavors that that you um, that you appreciate 
For as little as $2 a month, you can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content, things like our show Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life. Uh, I provide a window into the process of making the marinade. Uh, I ask if anybody has questions for the guests. So for example, Jordan, one of our wonderful Patreon patrons, had a great question for Langhorn Slim, and that really guided the conversation. So it truly is a community where we're kind of making this thing together. And I'm really grateful for everybody who's able to support us over there. If not, I totally get it. Uh, All the free ways to support the show are greatly appreciated. We also have another way to support us financially. If you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription on Patreon, totally get that. Maybe you just like this episode and you want to tip us. We're just at the marinade at Venmo or PayPal and all the money goes right back into the show. Jen and I were just talking about covering some festivals. We got invited to, to, to cover some festivals up the East Coast this past weekend. And uh, so anything that goes in the Patreon, we're just going to put right back into plane tickets and lodging and those kinds of things so that we can make sure that we make this show as, as interesting and as exciting as we want it to be. And hopefully y'all are having fun, as much fun as we are with this thing. Here we are five year, five and a half years in y'all of episodes, which means almost seven years worth of this thing being going from being an idea to, to being a real thing. Episode 119, Corey Brandon for the second time. Y'all thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.